selling keg beer to, to drink on draft and that kind of that really fits with the way we see beer is it's, it's very much something to go out and yeah sit with your mates and have a catch up and and you, you do that sort of over a pint at a pub in a sort of you know space away from work away from home hello everyone welcome back to breaking bread the Birmingham Food Podcast, presented by Food Obsessed Mates, Liam and Carl. No Carl this week, doing this intro. He was here for the episode, obviously, as you're here. But he's not here to do the intro with me, because he's off on his holidays. So I've had to just quickly nip on and do this one myself, which is fine. Obviously, it's not as good without my uh, brother from another mother being able to bounce back a bit off us and tell us about some of the things he's been cooking and eating, you know. We've started getting a bit longer with the episodes and that's something I don't really mind, to be honest. We never set out to make anything short or we have no time restraints. It's the beauty of podcasts. We get to be free and just let the conversation go as the conversation goes. And if it takes an hour, if it takes an hour and a half, if it takes two, so be it. And that's the way we love it and we wouldn't change it. And hopefully you enjoy that too. As I said, as the episodes were getting a bit longer we've um cut down on the intros a little bit so if you are missing out on listening to where we're going eating and drinking and i know a lot of you do message and say oh we love that little go between before well you can get all of that now over on our newsletter which is breaking bread bite size as always the link to sign up to that bi-weekly email is in the show notes to this and you'll find it all over our socials and stuff like that we're always trying to plug it have a look where we've been eating also we get new events on there and any kind of birmingham food or drink news we stick it on there any new openings stuff like that we try and get them on there as well keep you all in the loop see what's happening in birmingham and the food scene because it's changing fast all the time which is it's good it's exciting Thank you to everyone who listened and took the time to message us and tell us how much they enjoyed last week's episode with Sam. Sam Bolton, absolute awesome dude. Saka Samelia, owner of Shibuya Underground and Pineapple Club. Thanks for listening to all of our episodes. They don't go anywhere, they're always online. They're always on Spotify and iTunes and wherever you get your podcasts. Just go back and listen to them. Thanks for, as we said, taking the time to message us as well. We love getting feedback from you and kind of makes it all worth it, really. Realise there are people out there who love it. Obviously, we're on this mission now to tell people how amazing Birmingham is. Yes, so if you love Birmingham too, you can help us by listening to this podcast, by subscribing, following us on Spotify. That really helps with the algorithm, rating, reviewing us. Uh, I think you can review us on Spotify now. That also really helps get us more listens. Uh, today's episode, it, it was great. Really, really good episode. Uh, we go mad deep into beer. We're with Ollie from Attic Brewery. Ollie's the sales and marketing director. Obviously one of the uh, founders as well of Attic Brew. 
a really good conversation. I mean, yeah, it's it's beer based, but obviously I don't drink, and there's more to it than just talking about beer. But just a really great company. What they're doing in Sturch, you know, doing amazing things. The tap room's exciting. They got the street food there, and just a really really cool place. Great night out. They're trying to go back to the fundamentals of the pub and what beer kind of was it was a social thing where people neighbors especially got together and had a chat something that's probably happening less and less on your normal day-to-day street i think that's what the pub's all about isn't it really really grateful for him coming on the show and talking to us Uh, really appreciate his time ladies and gentlemen ollie from attic We're pretty much doing the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, we do that so many times. We'll just start talking to someone and then we're like an hour in. We're like, oh, we should probably record this. And then we have to go over everything we've already talked about. <laughs> so we do intro separate and just more of kind of what we've just already been doing. And Ali, welcome to Breaking Bread, man. Thanks very much for having me on. Cool, man. We're in Attic Brewery. Loving it. In the brewery. So excuse the noise if you can hear any. Yeah, it's authentic. It's meant to be like this. Yeah, it's got to be noisy. It's a proper space, isn't it's it? It's industrial. That's what Birmingham's all about. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing anyway, Ali? Not too bad. Thanks, lads. Not too bad. Good. It's, good. Uh, yeah. it's good to have you on. We've been on about it for a while. <laughs> yeah, for about the last three and a half years, I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this whole season is just us going around people we asked three years ago and know, finally yeah. getting them on. Like, like, we start. should probably get the people we've already asked on to get the podcast. <laughs> Next season, you'll do the best of album. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's uh, it was better that we've waited anyway because we're better at this, kind of, <laughs> arguably. Oh, yeah, we're the best we've ever been. We only get better. And then, uh, obviously, you've come a long way since them early days when you first started. So we, we've kind of started the podcast at the same time you started here. It was about three, half years ago, four yeah. years ago. Yeah, I mean, we started November November 18, we opened for the first time. So I don't know, when, you, when did you guys start? When was your first? November 18. Yeah, there you go. There, there you go. go. Yeah, all the so same. We have a joint birthday party. <laughs> that's how I remember now. I just look out for the attic's fourth birthday party. Yeah. Be like, oh, Liam, that's when we started. <laughs> what were you doing? Because we'll, we'll get to obviously attic. It will all be about attic. But what um, what did you do before this? So I worked in. I was working in London in advertising, um, which is was is not the most exciting career, really. If I'm honest with you, and, it surprises uh, me because it sounds like, as you said earlier, we were talking about. It, it's like you watch Mad Men, you think, oh, that's a good job. <laughs> yeah, what, what it really is is just like a lot of people who like getting drunk a lot, and um, and then like also going out for dinner a lot, and uh, not good. much, not much work that goes that actually go, work, yeah, that, that actually goes on. Like but it gets a bit hollow after a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I was just I was I was sort of uh, basically doing deals with big websites to for them to to um, buy sort of for us to buy advertising space from them um, for, for us to serve adverts that would would be based on your cookies and all that so yeah. uh yeah i was one of the bad guys really <laughs> yeah, everyone says that you know what someone's <laughs> got to do the job it's not that bad were you from birmingham originally or no I, I i grew up in bristol and then uh yeah i was, I was living in london uh at the time but uh i went to uni with uh, my partner our other director sam uh, and he's a brummy so oh, he's a brummy. He, we we sort of like uh, he's dragged you here. He's dragged you yeah, here. He's dragged you <laughs> here. Kicking and screaming. <laughs> what but, did you study at uni? Was it 
BMI. Nothing relevant at all. No, I, <laughs> I, did, I, did, I did physiology, which is oh. like the science of how the human body works, <laughs> which is like completely, completely relevant to everything I've ever done since. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of an advert for kids not to go to uni. But yeah. um, no, other than that, it's, 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 it was it was useful though because it meant that yeah, me and me and Sam met, and then like that's that's where sort of uh, Attic was Attic was born really yeah so. we were saying before we started recording so you met in Cardiff so it was definitely worth going to uni to get to uh, to meet Sam you met him in the, the uh, arms was it well we lived together actually oh did but you that was sort of like the, the city arms next to Millennium Stadium was was where like we'd started really started getting getting into a beer I think and yeah, um, yeah and Sam started home brewing in his in his bedroom and uh yeah, it sort of went from there. It was like a bucket, bucket in, the, in his bedroom <laughs> under a blanket. <laughs> it was where it was where it all started. <laughs> was that because you were poor students, though, or just because you actually liked the thought of doing your own beer? The original idea was because we were poor students, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but um, but I think very quickly. And Sam, Sam was always the brewer. I never really was, but very quickly it kind of became uh, just like something that Sam would spend his money on improving rather than uh, rather yeah. than saving any money doing it it became a money pit rather than a, than a saving <laughs> that's like most hobbies though yeah, like, exactly. you know. well, I've visited a lot of people at uni and you do find buckets in their bedroom it's not normally like for making beer yeah, <laughs> yeah well may, maybe sometimes it doubled up, it? <laughs> the aftermath of beer <laughs> what were them early points like yeah, they were terrible. Nothing. I'm sure. I'm sure you won't mind me saying. <laughs> so it wasn't intuition straight <laughs> no, out. No, it wasn't. No. It took a while to get. Took a while to get to that point, and even <laughs> even probably two year, two or three years ago, we weren't making anything close to that. So, no. uh, it's been a, a a steep learning curve for sure. So, what was the grand plan when you were in the pub? Was it like we should just start making beer, or was it we should start making beer and then one day we'll have our own brewery? And uh, do you know? It, yeah, it was. It was never really a grand plan. I think. So Sam, Sam always just like, enjoyed doing it, and he just got more and more interested in it. And like I say, I was I was pretty hands off really. I might, might might drink it from time to time, take advantage <laughs> of take advantage of it. But um, yeah, no, it wasn't really until like way after uni, and like he he got he got really into it. He converted his attic, hence the name, into a brewery. Ah. Um, so actually, it's not very good for for, for a podcast. But you can see on top of the bar, there's there's some uh, some sort of Oh, uh, the, old so, uh, the old that's our old old kit on top of the bar so anybody who comes you can see it on, on top oh, of there um, and that's where it what, all began that's what we had in his, in his attic um, <laughs> up until we actually started this but yeah he was um, he's just got kind of like more and more into it and um, it sort of just started honing, honing his skills really and sort of working it out were you living in mm. London while he was burning in the attic yeah yeah so we just sort of like uh, we would we'd meet up like all, all our uni mates from time to time and um Sam would bring on some beer and then next time he'd bring on some better beer and, and then eventually he was just like I want to start a brewery and I was the mug that said yeah to, to doing it <laughs> so you eventually got to a point where you tried one and you were like you know this one's fucking nice <laughs> yeah to be fair so we, he, he brought along like a little like wall of taps to a weekend away we had and um, we were all like yeah these are all really good man these are really good and then yeah I think he was he probably had a few and he's like you know what I want to start a brewery let's do it <laughs> <laughs> was it at this point you were kind of getting a bit fed up with your job anyway so you were like yeah, yeah. I, I, actually it was perfect timing because I just had a really like shitty week at work and uh, and I was just sort of really fed up with it and he said that I was like yeah you know what 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 have, I, what have I got to lose? I'll, I'll come and live in Birmingham City. I've never really, really, barely even been to before. Just drop everything and, and, and come. So, and then after that, it was just sort of, I don't think either, either of us ever expected it to actually go anywhere. And 
we kind of thought one of us would say no just eventually we'll we come to our senses but i think we kind of egged each other on neither of us yeah. wanted to be the one to like let the other one down and um before i knew it i just sort of uh i'd quit my job and i'd moved up to birmingham and I was just wow. sort of like, so that was always yeah. with the intention of we're going to set up a brewery yeah yeah so that's that was the, it was a decision that we sort of made and then we sort of like went through the motions of doing it uh without really kind of i think considering <laughs> what we were doing and i, I think now if i were to do it I'd, I'd realize it was quite a big decision but yeah at the time it just felt like sort of I don't know, something fun to do. It's probably good that you didn't like overanalyze it though, was it Anal- analyst uh, paralysis or something like that? Yeah, I think I, I think I probably would have done yeah. that. Yeah, would have talked yourself out of just it. Didn't, so. didn't really give it any thought. <laughs> just yeah. come for it. Something you can kind of do when you're younger as well, though, isn't it? Like you know, it's fuck it, let's just do it. Yeah, like exactly. It's the best time to do it, isn't it? When you've yeah. got plenty of time to pay off the mistake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah still, pay, still paying for it now. <laughs> well, I was about to say, it wasn't really a mistake because here we are. And it's... I know, in a massive brewery. I mean, you've got to be the biggest one in Birmingham. I think we, I think we are, or certainly when the new kit comes yeah, online, I, say I, mean, you I think we will be. The size of them um, I know this doesn't work on radio, but they're massive. <laughs> There's loads yeah. of them. It's good. It's encouraging everyone to come, come down and check them out. <laughs> it's definitely worth saying. It's impressive. It's very... Um, like technical professional looking isn't it like yeah 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 Yeah. so we're really excited to, to so this should hopefully be up and running by next week and we're really excited to, to use it because it is kind of like whereas what we have been on up to now has been very sort of very manual it's very which which basically means that it's quite um it's very difficult to get things to be consistent we've got to work really hard to make sure that all of our processes are exactly the same and the, you know it, 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 it comes down to sort of you know some was one person there with what is a big paddle you know, mixing everything up and trying to get that as even as possible for instance well, well this is kind of a pretty state-of-the-art kit we've got now which will kind of do it for us and make sure it's a lot more consistent um and makes our life easier and probably makes the beer better as well I think we've kind of reached the limit of the equipment that we're on now um and this i think will help take us to to the next level um which is really exciting to do so we, we can't can't wait to get our hands on it it's a big investment as well i'd imagine yeah I and mean, this is sort of like uh it's a it's a bit weird to say this given that the last two years have probably been the the worst time for the hospitality sector and living memory um but it's kind of it's kind of worked out in a way that it's it's allowed us to get there because the government have been basically a lot more generous with uh, you know, funding that they're able to give and, and loans that they're able to they're happy to give out um otherwise we, there's, there's no way we afford anything like that no. but um sort of as a weirdly as a direct result of covid we've been able to get something we never would have sure. been able to have so i guess it's just Know, look, looking for the silver linings I suppose so how did you come across this venue what made you pick Sturchley was there a reason for it or was it just what came up well it was a bit of both really so we we were looking we knew that something was interesting was happening in Sturchley so sort of even when, when we started sort of yeah we were looking probably three four years ago um, there was there was there was already some interesting stuff going on so Birmingham Brewing Company was, were already here set up um, Wildcat was here um the British Oak was here and sort of had a had a relatively good reputation. Um, you know, there, there was there was interesting things going on around around beer here, and obviously we had Sturchley wines, Cottage wines that have been here for years. Um, so that that had it going for it. But we were also looking in Digworth, we were looking in Jewelry Quarter, um, because they were also places where there was interesting things going on. Uh, it just so happened that the unit we're sat in now, which is our tap room now, um, that sort of came up on the market. It was right next to the train station it was right next to Bourneville which we knew didn't have any pubs um 
and it just felt like it was the right space. It felt way too big for us at the time. We thought, well, genuinely, we thought sort of, well, how are we going to, you know, cover cover <laughs> cover half of this room up so that so that it doesn't feel really cavernous and empty. Um, but yeah, we sort of took it on because we couldn't refuse everything else that was great about it, like location-wise. Um, and uh, yeah, and when we when we first opened the doors, then suddenly the place was full and we didn't, didn't really know what to do with ourselves so <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was really nice to sort of see the it's kind of i'll put it down to a real testament of for uh, the community sort of spirit around sturch in bourneville as to how quickly the sort of word of mouth had got around and people knew there was something happening and people mm. were all really up for coming out for that first night um and it kind of just it gave us a really good example from the get-go sort of how sort of how, how good a, how good a place we'd we'd ended up sort of happening upon yeah um people from sturchley man they're ferociously like proud to be from sturchley like, i said it before when we whenever we first started doing the um instagram for the podcast it was like anything we stuck on from sturchley like people messaging oh yeah love sturchley <laughs> viva sturchley fucking great job coming to sturchley it's like fucking ah i don't know anywhere else that's as proud to be from a certain part of Birmingham is the people from Sturgeon. Well, Bearwood, Bearwood's pretty fucking fierce <laughs> as well, man. People from Bearwood, they're like, yeah, Bearwood's the best, man. <laughs> Thanks for coming to Bearwood. <laughs> yeah, it's really nice. I mean, because we, you know, I think that we we feel it from being here as well. And you, know, you, you see so much interesting stuff and so much, so much great stuff going on in terms of, particularly in terms of like independent businesses around mm. food, around drink, around all sorts that you can't help but be a bit proud. You can't help but being proud of like, you know, what's what's around the corner. Also, this like the rent in the city centre kind of forces all the cool things outside the city centre. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. It's, um, I mean, there's no, no chance we could get anything like this anywhere near the city centre, yeah. to be honest with you. Absolutely no. not. Um, it's just too much, just too much space. And it's just, yeah, you, I've, I've heard some silly astronomical rents that people are paying in, in centre that are you know, looking for spaces that are like maybe half the, half the floor space of this and they're just playing crazy money but it's because that was where all the footfall at least it always where it used to be I don't know yeah. about anymore how, how what, what footfall is looking like <laughs> sort of, since everyone started working from home but. it's yeah. a shame though, though imagine something like this like on like New Street or on one of the main streets in town like just off the ramp before it classed though wouldn't it like would yeah, be so it's good weird at the moment. you go out on some nights not expecting it to be busy and everywhere's heaving and you go out another night where you think, sadly, it's going to be heaving everywhere yeah. tonight, and then it's fucking dead everywhere. Like, it's you're pissing in the wind trying to guess what Birmingham is going to be I've like. I've given up trying to predict anything nowadays. I've, just, I've spent the last two years trying to <laughs> trying to predict things, and every time I did, it, it was wrong. So I've just sort of given up, and I'll just, just see, which, see, which when, see which way the wind takes me now. Yeah, I I think a lot of the success, you could be wrong, you were one of the first people to start canning as soon as sort of lockdown here and i think out of all the local sort of breweries i remember seeing your cans and i remember ordering them <laughs> and you dropping them off yeah <laughs> like way before other people were getting their cans out so again i think that was a bit of a another sort of mix of i was in, that was the intention when you originally opened we're going to can them sell when we originally opened, as well. no um but certainly after a few like sort of the year or so of training that we had we kind of realized that um you know we couldn't help it but most of our most of our beer was was being sort of sold through the tap room because it was taking up sort of we were, we were only a really small brewery and that was as much as we could brew but we knew that we needed to kind of diversify it a little bit we needed we we didn't know what was around the corner and we you know we had no idea about covid at the time but um 
we knew that there was always something that could happen. Um, and, you know, we thought, well, maybe the landlord might change his mind about us and kick us off or something <laughs> like that. Um, so we knew we needed to sort of like make the business side of it as away from the tap room so it's just, it, we could sustain ourselves if something, if the worst were to happen. So we bought this really knackered old canning line um, in November, November, December 18. No, sorry, uh, 19. So just before the pandemic, it didn't work. Um, it needed so much doing to it. So we never really did anything with it for the sort of few months yeah. that, we, that we had it um, because we just sort of didn't have time. It wasn't like a pressing need. Um, and then suddenly our whole sort of business was pulled out from un- <laughs> under, under our feet. And then, um, yeah, so Sam's a bit more technically minded than I am. He's spent his, it's sort of like it's sort of the first two weeks of lockdown with his head just buried inside of it, working out all the little bits, all the little bits that were wrong. Um, and it just it sort of meant that within two weeks we had, you know, a, a workable option. We had something, we, we could still make beer, we could still sell beer. Um, and it just gave us the flexibility that I think, people you know other people who weren't in that position didn't have quite that so most breweries our sort of size were would be and maybe less so now because people have been forced to change um but they, they were having to they were having to get in sort of mobile canners people to come in with say, a canning yeah. line i bet that was way and, more like the better canning machine you bought it just <laughs> was yeah. way more expensive six months later 100 percent, yeah <laughs> absolutely um I mean, we 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 actually sold it for the same price we bought it for, and we've done loads of work. So we we were, we were the good guys. Up there. Probably could have made some more money, but um, yeah, we upgraded it sort of fairly fairly quickly. Really, again with one of the one of those friendly government <laughs> government loans uh, that they were being so generous with, because it just sort of, it couldn't keep up at that time. But for yeah. that first for that first sort of few months, it was a complete lifesaver because we wouldn't have had any, anything else to to do to keep the business going. So um, yeah, it was that was. Again, it was a, a mix of luck, luck and judgment, luck in terms of the timing, and luck that we yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. been able, had the sort of foresight to to do it. But uh, you know, yeah. Sorry, that's something yeah. that's going to continue, I presume. Because you're in every like, well, every decent off license that you go to. Yeah, definitely. At least five or six I, different. I, I think. I think. <laughs> I think like, mostly, we're kind of a. I think certainly at the moment we're mostly a draft brewery. We we're selling keg beer to to drink on draft. I think that kind of that really fits with. The way we see beer is it's it's very much something to go out and yeah sit with your mates and have a catch up and and you you do that sort of over a pint at a pub in a sort of you know space away from work away from home it's sort of you know, third space people call it and i think that's that's really what i like about it as a drink but then also there's there's a whole sort of other area evolving which is sort of like people wanting to drink interesting beer in other places as well and it just gives you so much more flexibility to be able to do that and so i think it's quite like an exciting bit in the future and i, I want to see us producing more but and it also what well, the really nice thing is that it kind of helps us to spread out a little bit further from birmingham and sort of i don't know i think birmingham's not really always been the best best city at shouting about itself sort of past its own borders <laughs> and and it's nice to be able to do that and I think cans kind of help us to spread, so you're getting spread, that sort it, of spread our wings national coverage now Starting to, yeah, I think we're we, we starting starting to get. I'm starting to see things and, and sort of comments from people on on social media and sort of messages from people. People turning up at the tap room who have heard about us from all over the place. Um, and it's just really, it's just really nice to see. Um, and I, I guess it's we we spoke before before we started recording. I think about about sort of how, about Birmingham and about how great a city it is. But it's just sort of it doesn't necessarily get the 
rep that it it, yeah. it, it deserves. I think it, it can some, sometimes people can look down the nose at it a little bit. So I guess it's just nice for us to be a little, a small part of sort of trying to change that as a mindset and put you on the spot a bit, Ali. But what was your, what did you think Birmingham was before you came, and how was it when you came here? Like, did it was it better than you expected, or? Oh, it was totally better than I expected. Yeah. Like, I was I was definitely in that camp of I'd never really been. Uh, I you know I'd heard I'd heard from sort of anybody I'd spoken to it was just like oh it's a bit like sort of a bit grey sort of like <laughs> <laughs> they've got this thing here called brutalism um, which nowhere else in the country seems to have much of <laughs> um, but yeah and then as soon as I came and it was just sort of like it's it's so much more vibrant than that kind of mm. that impression was that was sort of I had mm. as somebody who'd never really spent much time here like there's just so much more interest so much more going on there's so many more like, interesting things and like I think that it's quite a it's almost a bit of a hidden city in that you, if you know where you're going you can find some like absolutely amazing things going on if you just sort of turn up out of New Street you might not you might not turn the right direction you might end up in, in oh, you end up on fucking broad street yeah, you might, it's like oh fuck well, you yeah. speak to people outside of Birmingham they go, oh yeah, I went to the Arcadian when I got off the train. I was like, oh, that's why you fucking don't like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like other places do a better job though of hyping themselves as well. They're like Manchester's and Bristol's always seen as somewhere cool, somewhere yeah, young, somewhere yeah. like. I think it doesn't help that Birmingham's areas are all completely spread out. Whereas you get to Manchester, it's like three areas to go out, yeah. or Liverpool, there's two. Like Birmingham, you've got Mosley, Kingsley, Sturchley fucking Harborn. Yeah. then you've got the different parts of Birmingham City Centre itself like Digbuff like that's always been my favourite like yeah. one of my favourite places to go anyway but then there's the jewellery quarter like it's so spread out and you need you do need to know where you're going a lot of the time absolutely without a decent underground as well to kind of get you there I know, like, yeah you know. no real link I between think, any of it yeah because like London <laughs> has obviously got that like, massively mm. but every because every like borough of London is so big sort of as, as its own thing it's all quite they've all got like they've all had a chance to establish their own little identity and have a, they've all got quite a lot going on and I think Birmingham until sort of fairly recently has been there's been some amazing places and they've all been quite spread out and now they're just they're starting to get like little pockets of places that are all close enough together to go for you know you can go for a full day out in the search you can go full full day out in Digbeth you can go for a full day out in the jewelry quarter hey, I could yeah. give someone a five day itinerary all in different parts of Birmingham and fill each day so now, but now we're now we're getting to that point. Then it it means that wherever somebody sort of turns up, unless it's Broad Street, like they they they, 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 they they're going to have a really good day, and then they go they'll, they'll go back to wherever they you know Bristol or to Manchester or wherever, and go like oh, God, I had a really I had a great great weekend out in Birmingham. I went to all these different places, and there was just like loads of different but equally interesting stuff going on. Yeah, definitely. I think it helps. We've now got people. There are people pushing it, but it tends to be local knowledge that seems to be the way forward. Like, I get people even from Wolverhampton that say, <laughs> like, I work with, and they're like, I'm going into Birmingham, where do I need to be going? Because even there, that's, Wolverhampton's not far, and even in there, it's like, they only know about Broad Street. Yeah. They don't, like, I mentioned someone that's coming to Sturchley. I think he might have been here on Saturday, actually. Oh, really? <laughs> and I mentioned to come here for the rugby. But even he was just, like, Arcadian thingy, and he, don't, he lives this side of Wolverhampton. Yeah. And he didn't know any of the places. I mentioned Digbuff to him. He's like, what's Digbuff? Like, what do you mean? What the fuck's Digba? <laughs> it's like the greatest drinking road in the, in the world. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's also because we, we grew up here, we, like, we just assume everyone knows it as yeah, well. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's like, just given to us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm only just starting to sort of like get a, get a real feel for it, and I've been here for four years. <laughs> that, <so. laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a marketing 
getting people into the city and showing them where to go. Or just organising drink sessions for people. Yeah. Oh, maybe there's, maybe there's something in that. Way. As long as I get an invite, I'll we'll, do it. We'll, we'll get, we'll, 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 three of us, we'll start getting minibuses in. And <laughs> you could do like a brewery tour now, really. I know we could do a few more breweries. Or well, how do you feel? Do you feel like the, we could do a few more? Well, I think there's there's definitely there's definitely room for it. I mean, I think that I I mean there's so many other cities, smaller cities than Birmingham have got loads more breweries and lots bigger breweries. I mean, you know, we we said earlier that we're probably the biggest brewery in Birmingham now, and we're still a really small brewery. Um, you know, you look at other cities in in the country, and they're just the breweries that are masses bigger than us, and they've got several of them that are masses bigger than us, and they've got way more breweries that than than are in Birmingham as well. You might. You know, How I, many did you say was in Bristol? Bristol, I think somebody told me the other day they've got twenty six commercial breweries in Bristol, oh, varying sizes. Um, I think like four or five of those are bigger than we are. Yeah. Um, which. So sort of when you put that into the perspective of Bristol being what's like three hundred thousand people, something like that, I think it's a lot smaller place. And, and you know, I, I, I don't know how, how big is Birmingham, like greater Birmingham. It's over a million people in Birmingham, it, isn't it? It's huge. And yeah, there's, there's, I think there, I think there's eight or so. Brewer, it depends where you draw the line, really. But um, yeah, there's about eight breweries in Birmingham, which is you know, it's just crazy. Like the, the difference in magnitude. Um, Do you think it's because we're so chain heavy, or potentially? I, I I've been asked this question a few times, and I don't really know why. I've, I haven't ever been able to sort of put my finger on why Birmingham's just been a bit sort of slower on the uptake. I think maybe that's part of it. I think maybe I don't know really. I I, I think maybe there's sort of just it was a bit of a sort of hangover from some of the sort of massive breweries that sort of have been in Birmingham previously, and have since sort of gone. And I don't know. Maybe that's sort of the, put a bit of a circuit breaker in um i don't really know i'm sort of guessing really and i don't think i've lived in birmingham long <laughs> enough to really to really be able to comment so would would some of the chain pubs like would they have your beer in their pubs or it depends on the it depends on the chain so generally speaking the larger chains it's pretty difficult for us to get into um it depends on it depends on the chain depends on various different things i've got a little knowledge on this not a lot so would there be like a main supplier who supplies to all them pubs that you would they would come to you for your beer or um okay so i think that so you get the really big national chains they are probably they've probably got usually they've got a certain number of name suppliers that that they will that they will use uh and they might they're probably they will rarely buy centrally although sometimes they will do um now sort of certainly for local stuff they would have direct deliveries but you have to be able to supply x number of pubs and you have to be able to make it work for the chain commercially so that you basically our price has to come down um when you get start to get a little bit smaller then there are it's just there's there's loads of different ways of doing it and everybody works differently but yeah i mean it's either working through so we do sell to some wholesalers who will then you know have a a list of various different things that they can they can provide which one of one of which might be a and then generally speaking thing tends to be on a sort of single or, or sort of very small chain sort of independent more sort of independent focused stuff that we would sell to directly but things things are all, all sort of like it's all pretty jumbled to be honest with you yeah, um, yeah. so you've not got sainsbury's knocking on the door no we haven't got sainsbury's <laughs> knocking on the door um yeah, I'd, uh, how would you feel a, about selling to such a big chain place like that? Would it alter how you view the beer? Um, I would say I don't. 
I think that it's it's a weird one really because it's the, the the industry has definitely shifted over COVID towards that, and I think that there are some breweries that have done it well and there's some breweries that have done it badly. And I don't think that I don't I don't think that it's something that we would want to do particularly. But you don't you never know how things are going to go. And I think that COVID is really fresh in everyone's minds and how sort of precarious it was for so many breweries. Then that's and then other, other than the ones that were selling the kind of volume that they do to somebody like Sainsbury's but I don't really ever see us as being a big enough brewery because we don't really want to be a big enough brewery to supply you know like a full national supermarket or anything like that because like I said we we want our main focus is, is and always sort of will be what's what's directly around us and yeah 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 you know like we said there's more than enough people in Birmingham to sustain us as a as a brewery and uh you know to to be where we want to be we don't want to be it's nice to be, don't want to sort like, of take over the world thing so. as well like i suppose like, yeah like you go to york well i went not that long ago like you go to brew york mm. when you can get their stuff pretty much everywhere it is in all the shops yeah but it was nice to go to the brewery and had a not had it in the shops i think i'd have enjoyed the brewery yeah. even more i could have felt like more of an occasion going there cause where else would you try it yeah yeah <laughs> well i mean that's kind of, that's kind of it and you know we'll, we'll we'll sell beer all across the country but um i think that we just don't have that desire to be this massive, massive, like Brew York are a massive, massive brewery yeah, now. Yeah, um, You know, I think they've got two breweries that like next door to one another, sort of that each of them are about double what we've got. So like, <laughs> it, they're, they're huge. Um, I just, I just kind of think that that's where you, if you want to, if you want to really sort of entertain the supermarkets and all that, then that's, that's the sort of thing you've got to do. And we're just, we're kind of like quite, quite comfortable being, sort of a decent size for the for the local market and yeah that's it but you you never say never and because because you, you never know what's around the corner and i think cove has kind of shown that so you know but that's where that's definitely where i sort of see us now remember when you were a teenager like and you well especially us because we were like into like heavy metal and stuff and you loved like a band or a music and then as soon as it got really popular then you kind of went off it because everyone else liked it. Is that like beer? Could it be like that? Sometimes yeah, I do feel like that. Caref- careful now. Because <laughs> you know, sometimes like even I only drink uh, alcohol-free beers because I don't drink but sometimes like Oh yeah, it was so much better before it was in Sainsbury's and everywhere. <laughs> Sometimes I do be, yeah, feel a bit it like that. Have like a cool sort of aspect. To yeah, it. Like I, I like to go Sturgeon Wines, and they've got like a like massive selection of alcohol free, and it's some of it you've never ever seen heard yeah. of before. And I'm like, yeah, I'll get some of the mad ones, like especially Christmas. That load of wicked Christmas ones in there. But and then it gets like Michaela. I know they're assholes and everything else, but like I used to enjoy the. Um, in the sun and there was like uh, there's a website you could buy it all through and stuff like that and as soon as I got into Sainsbury's I was a bit like uh, <laughs> not cool I don't them. like it anymore <laughs> no it's like there's other brands as well like there's one that we definitely wouldn't say the name of <laughs> but I mean but the most people would know you mean most people would know it from a craft beer scene and like they do have some alright beers but they're just so big now mm. and even without knowing the disgusting fucking attitude the people yeah. behind it have it's just I don't want to drink it anymore anyway. <laughs> I think it's not just that. I think that there, there genuinely is a, a quality thing because well, for several reasons. I mean, frankly, a supermarket is always going to hammer you down on price as a brewery. Yeah. Um, and with that means you've got to make some cer- certain concessions in terms of your like our costs. If we were to do it, for instance, then we suddenly have to skimp on ingredients a little bit or find another way to find another way to 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 sort of save some more money so we can still continue to A, meet a price and B, actually be able to 
you know survive off of that price so it's a bit of a it's kind of a double-edged sword really i think that it kind of it forces breweries down a bit of a hole i mean i'm sure there's again i'm sure there's breweries that are doing it really well uh, i don't want to tar everyone with the same brush but that seems to be and certainly with some of the breweries that have been in supermarkets longer that seems to be sort of like the, the road they go down they have to the only way they can sort of you know when you get to breweries of that kind of scale then they're really just looking at the individual margins they're making and all the like the little the little every little penny they can make on each beer really makes a difference yeah, yeah. um and so they're just having to like change some of the hops they're using you know maybe lose use a bit less use you know, find a different way of of working with it which maybe affects the final quality of the product a little bit and then the other thing is that you know supermarkets generally speaking it's gone through a whole supply chain whereas you know at best it's probably been waiting you know sat sat around for i don't know three months ready to ready to be drunk and you know beer is is a product that's is definitely best enjoyed fresh (laughs) as fresh (laughs) as possible so you know when it's been sat warm for a while especially in the summer it it really affects the quality so you know it's it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of nice to see in a way that the mainstream is taking paying attention to breweries that aren't heineken that aren't carlsberg that aren't carling um but at the same time it's kind of the magic that makes them those breweries special kind of gets a little bit eroded at the same time we'll we'll, we'll see we'll see how that sort of like whole sector plays out because you know i'm sure I've, I've i've heard various sort of like some sort of little birds at, at times saying oh you know tesco they'll put fridges in and make sure everything's really perfect but i can't really ever see that happening to be honest with you no. you see the cages outside sometimes though when they're the bad deliveries and stuff you wonder how long they sat outside you know yeah at the end of the day a company that big like this stuff are never going to care about the product they're just there for a job aren't they so kind of similar to that is um you touched on like obviously the big boys there heineken and cause and <clears throat> carlin and all that a lot, what a lot of the time they're doing now is they're actually buying some of the smaller smaller kind of craft brewers and then kind of not telling anyone that they've bought them yeah it can be a bit sneaky sometimes yeah. the, way that, the way that they do it i understand why they do it because obviously it appeals and it's sometimes as well going back to the cool aspect as soon as you do find out that your favorite craft beer has been yeah, secretly by owned by Heineken mm-hmm. you're like oh fuck them a couple of London ones <laughs> come to mind straight away yeah. like, you look into the history like who owns them you're like oh that's easy for us to say as fans but as a business owner if Heineken came with a big check would you ever I, I think that it'd have to be a big fucking check move into the Caribbean <laughs> star, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that like right now we're so young that there's there's so much that we want to do with it and like our, our goal has always been to find like as a you know, people sort of you, you read business books and about like Rick listens to podcasts and everyone always talks about like what's like what's your end goal like, yeah. what, do you, what do you want and for a lot of people it probably is to, to sell and like you know I'm sure that if if Heineken came in with a big enough check then yeah we like we, we might have our head turned but really what that's not really what we're after at all um, because like, for the whole for the whole sort of reason that we I've said, you know, yeah. we, we, we want to be here sort of for the local people, really. And like, is it a lifestyle it's, for you? It was, it was a lifestyle. And now I want to, I want to get to the point where we could, I can turn up and work nine to five, realistically, probably like eight till six or something like that. But then just go home and it, it kind of, I not, not have to worry too much in the evenings, but I can just sort of work a, a, a good day's work, get home, and it just sort of like everything kind of just, just works. And it's just a nice, 
place to work and with people I like and that's kind of uh, you know I don't I don't think either of us ever ever wanted to be like sort of mega rich or anything like that and I think if we did we'd probably be we were in the we're in the wrong game <laughs> but I think there is definitely like hope I'm hoping fairly soon we get the opportunity to just sort of like have so have a business that just just ticks over nicely and it all kind of just works everything every everybody's got sort of enough enough work for themselves and and not not have it, have, ever having to take too much on and just I don't know everyone can just sort of be comfortable maybe I'm maybe yeah. I'm dreaming, but, dreaming mate. <laughs> just, but like that, hey, that I want it to run itself I yeah. make loads of money and then I <laughs> just stay at home yeah I don't know. Hey, you, maybe you, I am dreaming but same money it's just the well, lifestyle yeah I just I, I, yeah I guess I just want to go home and put my feet up on an evening and then I'll, you know there's <laughs> nothing wrong with that but. because people see this place is only open for a few hours like the weekends Thursday, Friday, Saturday Sunday Sunday yeah, yeah Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday yeah but obviously we just found out you're here at what 7 o'clock tomorrow morning yeah. <laughs> I was like yeah. Jesus Christ it's, yeah. it's a full on kind of day isn't it it is yeah I mean like we our sort of standard hours that we're open are probably like maybe 8 till 7 o'clock that we've got people here um, and for most of us are here for pretty much that whole time um, and that's that sort of that's us as the to own it and then every, like everybody else who works here as well they all, everyone puts in a real shift um and that's yeah it, it's it's it, they're not it's not short days because there's a lot of stuff to do uh, and actually making beer is it's quite quite labor intensive yeah there, there's there's quite there's quite a bit to do on a day so we're always trying to find ways that we can kind of shorten that down a little bit and make everyone's lives a bit easier but uh it, without without a bit of investment, it's quite difficult to do. We kind of started by you saying um, Sam was doing most of the brewing. So how involved are you in Adlock, full-on brewer as well? No, so I I don't tend to do much brewing. I'm not really trusted yeah. in the brewery anymore. Um, when I when I come in into the brewery, I tend to break things and everyone gets annoyed, <laughs> with, annoyed with me. So um, yeah, no, we, we've got a, a team of brewers now who are all far better and far more skilled than I ever was. So actually both me and Sam now are we're sort of a bit more general business focused um, yeah. and yeah we've got people who actually know what they're doing making the beer and you know, that's why you can probably taste that the beer is a lot better than it <laughs> than when, when we when we first started well that's what i was gonna say how different is say probably the most popular beer you have is intuition because that's the one you see on tap everywhere as well how different intuition now to when you first opened well we yeah, we didn't we didn't ever start didn't we didn't intuition. start with intuition so we we kind of at, at very first we were sort of brewing different beer every week i mean we we, we kind of wanted something always something new to for to, to give to people so yeah. you know some, something new and interesting for people to drink every week um so every week would be something new and there was never anything on all of all of the time and then it kind of got to maybe a sort of about a year in and everyone was kind of we had a lot of enough people saying yeah i really like that one why 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 did you, yeah. you take it off why not doing like, it? well because we've got because we've got this one now i thought well, i preferred that last one um, and it, I think the intuition was was the point at which we kind of realised that a they were right, uh, and we did need something that was consistent, and b that we kind of had, had settled on the rest because we, we we'd spent a lot of time sort of working out what we were doing, and you know we thought we kind of knew how to brew, and as soon as we actually started, we kind of realised there was a lot more left to learn, and the intuition was where we kind of felt like okay yeah like we 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 think we've got a recipe now that we're really happy with that kind of ticks the boxes we want to you know it's got loads of flavor um but it's not too sort of heavy or cloying like you can drink you can drink you know four or five pints of it and be fine mm. um so it kind of ticked all, a lot of the boxes that we wanted to tick as a beer and we kind of just went okay right sort of like this is going to be our first beer that we kind of keep on the taps and keep keep producing keep producing 
Um, and then and then after that, it's only very sort of like minor tweaks that we can make without people noticing it. Yeah. And so we, we, quite often we are, we do we do tweak it, we do tweak it as a recipe and we do sort of improve it. So I can't remember exactly what it tasted like now was the, fir- the first the first <laughs> batch. But I think that if you put the two side by side, you'd be able to tell the difference. Yeah. Um, but actually it's just sort of evolved so gradually that you don't notice it over, t- you don't notice it sort of like from you know, each beer you drink, but you do you do sort of like overall you end up with a better product and a better beer that you know you actually probably enjoy more which i think kind of goes hand in hand with it oh, really and it's in popularity it's a, and people well it's an incredibly popular beer like it's on all the cool pubs have intuition on tap and it is fucking phenomenal yeah, that's right. <laughs> Thank you. like if i see it like that's it there could be anything else on tap like i don't even notice them it's like oh they've got that i love that thanks <laughs> it's like first go-to thanks. beer yeah, i made me blush now <laughs> How does the recipe development work? So was, would, would one of your brewers come to you and say, like, we've got this idea for this beer, and you would say, you and Sam would say, oh, just go make it, and we'll have a taste. Like, make a small batch of it, we'll have a taste, and take it from there. Do you have a discussion about it? Or? So, uh, well, generally speaking, no. So we've got, uh, so our head brewer, also called Sam, confusingly, <laughs> different Sam. Um, but so me and I'm sort of, I tend to sit more like the kind of I, I do more like sales marketing kind of where where how we sort of sort of outwardly sort of interact with people I suppose so, yeah so but sales is a big part of what I do and so me and Sam our head brewer will sit sit and like every week we'll sit and have like a bit of a catch up say what well what we'll try and plan a few months in advance what we're going to do sort of what what do we need what do we want what kind of beer you know who are we trying to appeal to who who wants to drink this beer? We try and have a lot of variety on, where particularly for in the tap room. Um, we try and have a, beers for a lot of different people, um, and so we're just trying to kind of take all that in to what we, what sort of beer we want to brew, mm. and then we kind of have a broad think of the kind of style we want versus you know, what what we've already got available or what we're going to have available at that time, and what we'll what sort of what we, what we think people might want to drink, um, and then he'll go away and he'll. Generally speaking, he'll write a recipe. He's yeah, he's he's got sort of masses and masses of knowledge of, of, of sort of what what each individual ingredient will do to a beer and how it'll interact, and um, just to kind of build a picture of the finished product. Um, and then that's what we're doing. Generally speaking, it work it works pretty well. I think at some point we'll probably will want to start trial brewing things, particularly if they're quite ambitious things. Um, has, he got, actually, has he ever come up to you with anything really ambitious? You know, like well, I want to sort well, of caramel I'll, imperial style. <laughs> I was going to, I was going to mention actually. We're, we're just today. It's funny you said that. Just today, we've done a very, very ambitious uh, trial brew on a on a very small kit, uh, which will will be we'll sort of just see how it goes. Well, it's quite nerdy, really, so I won't get too into the details. But basically, <laughs> just change, changes sort of uh, some of the marks we're using quite considerably just to try and produce a beer that is well i don't really know how it's going to turn out to be honest with you so mm. um, generally speaking we're using malted barley for everything we do but um we're using a different kind of grain uh, i won't go into too much detail about it yet because i don't know if it's going to work but uh, <laughs> it's not but, ready you haven't tried yeah, it yet. <laughs> we're hoping we're hoping that it'll be a, a really sort of interesting very tasty beer and b it might even be completely gluten-free but that's this is a very sort of uh preliminary thing so we don't yeah. know we don't know what we don't know what's going to go on yet but <laughs> we've got good we've got high hopes for it they've done a lot of research but okay. um that and that that case was one of our brewers tim sort of came to us and said 
I want to do this. I've got this great idea. Can we see if it will work? And and so yeah. So now now he's he's had a go with it today, and we'll see if it works. Um, but What's, what sort of time frame is it from idea to tap? Uh, well, we at the moment we we we've sort of scheduled our brews uh, about three months in advance. Um, so we're trying to come up with those ideas and look at what we think the picture will be like um, in three months' time. Um, but yeah, that can change quite quickly. So sometimes it'd be like, well, what are we going to do tomorrow? We need to see what see what we see what we've got available and see what we can you know, make that will fit this style. Um, so it could be as short as a day for for an idea to actually come out, and then then for actual beer to to brew, the the day itself will take a day um, to actually produce what will what will become beer. Gets added to a fermenter, um, and then you go to work on it for around generally around about three weeks, um, and then finished beer comes out come, comes out the end. So sort of the process itself is about three weeks, and then <laughs> yeah. the the sort of the the sort of ideas and sort of working out how we're going to do it can take however long we we want it to take really. yeah do many come out where you try it and you're like oh fucking hell no that don't work <laughs> uh occasionally yeah. <laughs> yeah occasionally you know we've we've done more than 250 beers now yeah wow. well, i think we're about nearly 280 beers now Shit. and you know obviously you know not every one of those is going to be perfect um so yeah sometimes things things don't come off you know things go wrong various bits of the way bits of the way you know the equipment we're using at the moment we can't we can't control anywhere near as much as we will be able to control on the on, on the new kit um so that it just sort of introduces chances where things things can go awry um you know it's, it's actually needs to be quite in a lot of respects quite a tightly controlled process um to actually produce something so if something goes wrong you can end up with a very different beer coming out that than you intended and then that can throw off a lot of the other sort of flavor considerations you've given to the recipe if that one bit goes wrong then the other things don't sometimes they don't, just don't quite sort of melt yeah. together occasionally you can happen upon something that you never really expected to have <laughs> yeah. um, but luckily we've kind of we've worked out processes for by and large that, that, that work well um, but there's always a there's always a wild card that will come in there and throw things off <laughs> i can imagine and you've also done quite a well good few collabs yeah, with we've, people to come with beers. What was the idea behind starting them up? So I think, I mean, it's, it's sort of within the sort of world of quote-unquote craft beer, it's, it's quite a big thing. It was, it was always something that we sort of pre-pandemic, we shied away from a little bit. I think we were trying to still sort of working on ourselves and our own beer and trying to sort of make, sort of with, with what we knew, trying to make the beer as, as best as we could. And then after that, we kind of felt like we'd got to our limit. And then we can reach out and we can speak to other people and we can sort of start to have a bit of cross pollination of ideas and um it kind of lifts this sort of rising tide lifts all ships kind of thing and mm. you speak you, you speak and share ideas with other breweries and then everybody kind of learns from it everybody takes something away from it and everybody kind of ends up a little bit better yeah that was kind of it and we kind of really wanted to start doing that and start getting other Im- impressions in- input from other brewers and be able to sort of pass some of our knowledge on to other people as well it's just it's kind of a it's known as a bit of a collaborative industry yeah you've um, done it interesting ways as well because it's not just other breweries because you've had collab with zoe yeah yeah uh, punker chance is one of our faves and udi and Moo. yeah so you had the ice cream beer exactly yeah so that that was that was a really cool one actually yeah i've seen a couple of people do ice cream like sort of ice cream beers um sort of collabs with ice cream places that they're trying to make a beer taste like ice cream obviously you know 
Burgess Hole do that really well. We, yeah. we didn't want it. We didn't. We didn't really want to go down that route. We're all vegan as well, so quite often people will use lactose in those beers to make them taste like ice cream, because we, we've sort of made that commitment to. This is an accessibility point, really, to make make sure that sort of vegans would would know they're always able to drink our beer. We kind of we, that was sort of off the off the cards for us, but really wanted to do it. So we kind of came up with the idea of doing this event where we pair the beer and the ice cream made a beer to complement the ice cream and then we made a beer float with it sort of for the for the weekend we were offering that and it was, and it, was <laughs> it was wicked it was really it was really cool it's just like a, it was just trying to just push the envelope a little bit i suppose and just just be a just be a little bit different with how how sort of two sort of two companies can interact two sort of different sort of um different like food types really can interact which is yeah. cool well especially on a hot day like if i was sitting here and i seen that and you're putting ice cream and beer on a boy yeah. i'd be like you know what well, i'm getting next yeah. <laughs> but it's important as well for the brands to kind of relate as well it'd be no good if you went like to walls <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean yeah. Like, yeah. it's like <laughs> yeah there has to be a good fit like definitely and i think that's where the punks and chances collabs have come in really well is because you know like a clothing brand and beer don't sort of you know immediately sound like they'll make great sort of a great great sort of partnership but actually i think that the brands themselves really and us as i suppose us as people just get on well and you know we we love we love zoe and dave and like just i think it's just it's just like a really fun sort of environment to be around and i think like, we probably give about give, give something similar back at least i hope so yeah yeah so it's just sort of like it, i don't know it's kind of a bit of a uh, sort of, I oh know. I can't say. I can't say what I was about to say because it'd be really embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> I've caught myself before I said thought collaboration. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was that. That's that's the pressure of the microphone making me speak. I don't really think like. <laughs> so, oh, were all your beers vegan? I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, we 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 did it sort of. From, it's not always been the case, but from fairly early on, we sort of we decided that was any. A, a pretty easy thing for us to do mm. there's not much that we can't add so the only things really that make beer not vegan are lactose which i mentioned um which are usually in sort of the milkshakey kind of things and and isinglass finings which are what they use quite often to sort of clarify beer mm. and wine to be fair as well and those two are kind of two things that we didn't really feel the need to use most of the beer we make isn't clear anyway so we thought it wasn't too hard for us to not use the the findings that um, wouldn't make it vegan, and then lactose was something that was was just a something we sort of sacrificed for the ability for us to say, well, okay, like this this section of people, you're welcome here as well. Yeah, um, and so yeah, I mean, there's there was just sort of a easy decision for us really to to do that. So, well, if um, you seems like one of them things, if you can do it, and it tastes great, then you might as well just fucking make it vegan and yeah yeah exactly it's it, not something you scream and shout about though is it yeah we 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 used to write on the side of every can that we were always vegan um but i think that there's quite it's quite a sort of close yeah, i was gonna say you're worried that group, might like, go the other way like some people might be like oh i'd rather not we had one or two sort of we had one or two sort of snarky comments about it but most people don't really care because no. you do get some idiots who are just just because they say the word vegan that's it oh i'm not yeah. having that vegan nonsense <laughs> you know yeah, well, <laughs> i suppose you wouldn't really want them in here anyway we've so. had to have a few like calm words with people where we say like you do what you want we're, we're not i'm not i don't i don't i don't really mind what you do we just want to have it so that as many people can drink our beer as possible yeah. um but yeah most like 99.999 percent of people and 
absolutely no problem at all. Oh, uh, or even work, like, we're really positive about it because yeah, we yeah, could drink yeah. the beer. So. Well, I've never drank an attic beer and gone, oh, this one's vegan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Well, any, any beer? Have you ever drank a beer again? and gone, oh, this one's vegan. <laughs> Taste the vegan in this one. Yeah. I knew this would be but shit. There's a, there's a lot of beers that we accidentally vegan that don't even taste. Yeah. So, you know, that's... Most most of them probably in terms of like craft beer would be accidentally vegan anyway. So yeah. it's just because we sort of it's just a nice thing for us to be able to tell people when they come in and say, "Well, you know, I'm a vegan. Which which one can I? Which one of these these beers can I have?" And we can say, "Well, <laughs> take your pick, which, yeah, whichever yeah, yeah. whichever of them." Feels like a good <laughs> so. name for a beer, that then it accidental vegan. <laughs> accidental <laughs> vegan, accidental yeah. Vegan. It's going to be the breaking bread collab you do next. <laughs> <laughs> the two most anti-vegan, well, not anti-vegan, but the two least <laughs> vegan people ever. Yeah, oh, I mean, you I'm might act, you might accidentally do it. Something you know, you might have a chip butty or something, and then <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't think about it. <laughs> well, it's like a frazzle just knit there accidentally vegan. Yeah. Are they? Yeah. Are they? There you go. There you go. We were yeah. talking about this the weekend. Yeah, bacon, I don't eat bacon. pork anymore, and I was looking at uh, bacon fries, which is frazzles, isn't it? Same thing. Yeah, I was like, he's got to have pork in. I'm like, I was, I, did, I went to pick one up, and I was like, oh, can I eat this anymore? And I was trying to look on the pack. I was like, where's the V? <laughs> Come on, where's the V? <laughs> They probably don't want to shout about it because it shows there's no bacon going anywhere near Fuck all pork. So we're kind of we're sat recording this in the awesome tap room, and it's open. It's open to the public. Anyone can just come in. Yeah. And you have sports on. They had the rugby on. Do you, do you show more sports or is it was generally? It just generally, it's just the rugby. So the we rugby. we usually sort of we usually show and we always do show. Sorry, the the Six Nations. Mm. Um, and then sort of Super Bowl and the Super Bowl we've, yeah. we've shown a couple of times as well I'm a big American football fan so oh, that, I wanted to come down d- for it but I was doing. working the next day I couldn't believe it <laughs> yeah you, you did you said you wanted to yeah, come yeah, out I really yeah, wanted yeah, I just yeah, couldn't yeah, get it off work the next day convinced me to go. Yeah. then you couldn't get it off <laughs> next year I'm definitely coming here for the yeah, Super Bowl we'll, we'll show it again who's your team I didn't I'm a 49ers fan oh yeah nice nice so yeah it was it was a great evening so next next year you'll have to come next year I'm coming down who's your team uh, it's, I find it hard to find a team, but like well, I found one now. Jets, <laughs> Jets. I'm a, I've got because I've been to New York and I'm Irish, and they they playing green, <laughs> so it's, it's got to be Jets, isn't it? <laughs> well, you haven't got much chance of seeing them in the Super Bowl, mate. Nah, so. <laughs> <laughs> you just feel sorry for Rogers though, because he's like a superstar, like, and he's just is the only good player, you know, in an awful team, but. We've lost half of our audience here. Yeah. <laughs> and me. <laughs> and Carl. Yeah, we might have to edit that bit out. So. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so what I was getting at is um, you have food here as well sometimes. Yeah, so every every weekend we've got different different street food vendor on. Is that and, vegan or? No, not always. Sometimes. But we, though, we, yeah. do, we, do like, we do try and make sure that there's always something for everyone to, to be able yeah. to eat. So, um, you know, ninety nine percent of the time, there's 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 always a vegan and vegetarian. No, they've option. usually always got a yeah, vegetarian we, vegan we, option. We, we do anyway. ask them to make sure that they can bring something, mm. because obviously, you know, we, we sort of that's something we've said about our beer. We want make make sure that people can come and eat, eat the food as well, yeah. and they do, they generally do quite well on that sort of side of things. So I think there's sort of like there's definitely a, a bit of a community there that that will come and like the vegans that will come and drink the beer and eat the food. But uh, you know, like it's it's not something that we go. This is this is this is the only food we'll have at all, mm. um, and you know we've got all sorts all sorts of people come, all sorts of different vendors. The you know, vegan like Mexican, what they called their they went on there. Yeah, yeah, they're really good. I want to try um, them. Yeah, yeah they're really really them, good. I've always fancied it. Um, but then, yeah, like I say, it's not just vegan stuff. We've got like, barbecue barbecue stuff going on all the time. Like I don't know, all, all sorts like 
chicken, no problem. Like it's just sort of everything under the sun, and we're kind of like we're a pretty broad church in that in that respect. Um, as long as everyone's got a bit of an option, then yeah, it's all good. So yeah, well, yeah like the gals who do the chicken, they've been here a few times. What the, what's their names now? What the cluck? What the cluck? Yeah, yeah, yeah fucking. We, we, we love that. what the cluck. They're yeah, really, they're them a lot. Really, really so nice. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, they're really good. They always do well as well because I think everyone, everyone, everyone's exactly the same. They go, oh, yeah, I'm yeah. After. <laughs> wasn't planning on going for a drink tonight, but I'm out to go and have a bit of chicken. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> good match, though, isn't it? Chicken and fried chicken. Oh, fried chicken. You know what? Fried, just fried chicken, like for me. Same <laughs> in Mexican. Though. Mexican's good with beer. Food's just good with beer, isn't it? I love that. Yeah. Well, I'm always surprised to get to a lot of these fancy restaurants. Wine tasters. You could easily do a fucking beer tasting. Yeah. Maybe with taster with most of these fancy places could easily there's that varied amount of beers and that many different types and flavors I mean, and this is sort of one of the things that i think beer has, has got going for it but it, i think people tend to be a bit quite like can be a bit snobby about wine and beer and the, the variety of different beers that you can have that you can have i mean there's over 100 different styles of beer just the one um, even the amount of varieties of just like a lager yeah, like yeah. they're dramatically all different and you try you try all of those varieties of lager next door to one another and you'll just you you'll be able to pick different lagers out night and day they're, they're so so different mm. and yeah so i think it lends itself really really well to to food pairing mm. um not, not that we, not that we sort of like have suggested a, a tasting, tasting flight for anybody <laughs> just yet. But um, you know what? That's yeah, something it, that's got to be in the cards for some restaurant because there's some cool fucking places in Birmingham. I'm amazed no one's doing. There it. is yeah. beer smelliers, isn't there? Like? There is yeah. definitely beer yeah. smelliers. I've seen them. But I'd love to walk in. I'm not going to name any names of a restaurant, but just see you got the wine one because it's starting to get cocktail ones that go with menus mm. as well now. It'd be nice to see a beer option one and just see loads of different beers if flights you could have with them. Yeah. I mean, I, I want a can of each, so seven cans with yeah. your dinner. <laughs> yeah. Well, mind, mind you, seven, seven sort of uh, seven glasses of wine tends to get people on the way, doesn't it? So. <laughs> oh, don't get me wrong, I still do the wine ones. That's only because there's no beer one. <laughs> there's just some things that are made, like pizza's made for beer, isn't it? A lager, mm. a nice crisp lager with a pizza. And curry. But, um, curry. Everything. Lucky Saint, Lucky Saint with pizza is unbelievable. Yeah. Well, I it's because beer is so good at. <laughs> Um, I, went, I actually, I actually had a little sort of a, a brief sort of beer and cheese session the other day, but because 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 you got the, the the bubbles in in beer yeah. and also the bitterness in beer, it's really good at sort of scrubbing the the kind of like the sort of greasy sort of like fatty flavors from food. Something like pizza, it's absolutely perfect for just like clearing clearing the mouth out and just like leaving you really refreshed and ready to have like the full flavor experience again yeah so that's, the, my that's why it's like it's just yeah. perfect for it mm. and because you know something like wine generally speaking unless you're having pizza and champagne which i don't know many people who, who do a lot of like there's, there's no bubbles in it there's no it's not it's not it's not as bitter um and so it's not it's not as good at actually at, at like sort of clearing that so that like something like a lager is really really good at that so um, no so no would have champagne so no does he has champagne with his KFC <laughs> I don't know champagne just doing the podcast <laughs> turn up there's a bottle like, yes Sam's Brown there's an alcohol free ale as well called Sam's Brown Ale I don't know if you see it. it's in a red bottle I don't think they do anything other than this brown ale but that with a Sunday roast oh it's yeah, so man. good man so good it's probably the same again though probably cuts through the like because I do my um roasters and yorkshire and beef dripping yeah. so it probably cuts through that nicely and you get all the flavors but then i bet you've got some like real rich flavors in there as well that are going to sort of like support oh, everything, the gravy, everything like, the yeah the gravy yeah, takes yeah. like hours to make you yeah. know like so. i mean i'm surprised it's not more popular 
Mm. In fact, it, it surprises me that wine's used at all when you could use beer now. <laughs> Carl's just upset loads of people. <laughs> uh, yeah, wine's good. Wine's good too. Don't worry. Yeah, it's yeah. not a competition, man. Not a competition. Nah, it's not competition. But I'd like the other option. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And don't get me wrong, I love wine. I just love anything with an A. <laughs> Any kind of percentage, I'm probably going to drink it. To be fair. What's the plans for the future? I know we kind of touched on stuff you wouldn't do. <laughs> it's a good, good place to start with the stuff I what you wouldn't do <laughs> um, what do you kind of want to get into like or well, like what excites you like I say like the, the goal has always been just to sort of to be this kind of like I've, I've, I feel like a bit of a broken record now because I said it a lot so I'm sorry uh, but we wanted to be like you know beer for Birmingham like local people I guess we want to be beer that sort of Brummies can go visit their mates and sort of take a couple of cans and say look, look this is what we've got you know come down here this is this is uh, really sort of i don't know have experiences around us as a as a brewery and and the beer we make and like it and that's quite like a long-term thing but that's that that's really excites me in terms of like a sort of quite a general up in the air sort of like airy fairy kind of kind of <laughs> kind of view but in terms of like practical what's what's next i think you know this us expanding the, the brewery has been a a big step and i think now we kind of want to uh probably look to have a, a bar or two across a, sort of another bar or two across the the city i think one of the things that we have all loved most about sort of about doing this for the last few years about having attic um was having the tap room and being able to sort of get to know people that would come in regularly and and i kind of feel like that's that's what it that's kind of what it's all about right and it's it's that it's it's a having somewhere where people will regularly go and get to know one another and you know start to meet people and that's kind of you know i think that that's something that we could do really well with another bar in somewhere that's a bit more like you know somewhere else that's sort of in a residential area you know it's not it doesn't have to be on broad street it could be in it, it's it's in like you know, next next to some people's houses and you just sort of go like, oh this is my neighbor i've always see always see him down the road but never never known his name but <laughs> i've had a few pints in me now so i've gone over and, and, and sort of said hello um, and and then and then you know pe- people get to know one another then and so it's essentially just nice. putting pubs back to where they used to be because that's what pubs were weren't they? it was the center exactly, of the community yeah. Yeah, you went there and vibe to them. you met everyone and well, it's gone down and it's picking up again now, isn't it? Because they all closed down, they're all something else, and now you find the littler places are popping up. That's it, yeah. And I think it's just like everything; it all just evolves, doesn't it? And all people, people at the end of the day, still want to go out, and meet their mates somewhere, and have a drink. It's the fact that certain pubs aren't working doesn't 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 change that. And I think that actually, what it probably is is testament to the fact that cause what the, the pubs that are doing really well, a lot of the time, are, are independent ones people have got a real passion for running it which is what pubs always used to have they always used to have a landlord a really real passion for it knew all the customers you know and they were there every night and you'd, you'd always see them you'd be in, you'd, they'd make friends with people and now you're kind of getting that again i think in terms of the smaller places and you know, people really get to know who's serving them the beer and I, I think that was that was kind of lost for a bit in these big chains so i, I kind of think it's or in a way coming full circle in a way sort of been updated in a very sort of modern way and something about craft there. beer as well that just gets you chatting I don't know why it's because it's so like if you're just going to pub and having a Carlin a Carlin's yeah. a fucking Carlin yeah what you, you have go. mate Carlin yeah, yeah me too yeah. <laughs> you're, you're going in what you're like you oh what's that one on tap or can I try it sort of forces yeah. you to talk to someone it does yeah you say well what, what's yours like yeah 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 you or even just the bar you're like 
oh, well, I haven't seen that one on tap before. Yeah. Do you mind if I have a try? And then you're like, they're talking to you about it and you're talking them back. And the amount of people you get to know just through stuff like that. Yeah. Like it's, it's a talking point, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it starts off probably a conversation or in some cases an argument about something else. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's nothing wrong with an argument, though. It can often lead to good friendship starting <laughs> with an argument. I've got a few friends like that. <laughs> I remember the welly like years ago. You just go into welly and just you go on. I used to go like a Tuesday afternoon because I Tuesdays off and uh, just sit at the bar and some bloke be like, "You want to you want to try number seven, mate? Trust me." But just get yeah. the half, don't get the full. Well, was, <laughs> like, that was yeah. way before craft beer as well. Yeah, that, that was, like, the welly. That yeah, was just mate, all old ale. I, I, I used to be into like. It was real out then when it camera real yeah, out. We used to go and just try the whole menu. Didn't I was we? mad for See things like that. See if we like get through it before they changed one. And then, <laughs> and then I give up alcohol, and then all of a sudden, like craft beer comes along as a uh, revolution, hey, and I'm time. like, "What, <laughs> <laughs> motherfuckers?" <laughs> I used to, have to drink. Te- Do you know how pints of Tetley I had to drink? Because that's the only ale they had. <laughs> yeah. What's the other one you used to have? Warb- John Smiths. I used John to like John Smiths. Warburtons. Warburtons. No. The one I'm thinking of. Worthington's. Worthington's. Worthington's, yeah, yeah. You drink that a lot. Right, but I tell you what, there was nothing better than uh, Brew 11 down the rugby club. <laughs> you have it anywhere else, it was the worst point in the world. <laughs> Brew 11 at the rugby club. Only after a big win, though, yeah. There was two There was two reasons why it was fucking brilliant. One, it was because nearly everyone drunk it. But two, the two blokes who used to look after the pipes and the beer, that was their favourite drink. <laughs> so they just looked after the carlin was awful. <laughs> like the carlin, you'd be like, what the fuck's that? He would literally pour a carlin at the same time, pour a brew and wait for them to say, anything else? <laughs> and you say, yeah, just, just have a fucking brew, mate. It's like, don't drink, yeah, just have a brew. <laughs> awesome, we're well over an hour. Flies, it does Every time it fly, flies. Man. I'll ask you some quick questions. I don't know if you've heard the show or whatever. Is there anything else you wanted to bring up oh, before yeah, yeah. we... Um... Oh, I think you guys have done a pretty good job, to be honest with you. Oh, <laughs> I you've covered kind of all the bases. Yeah. <laughs> all the big points and, and all, all the one all that made me sweat a bit as well. So. There you go. <laughs> We're getting there. Finally getting there. <laughs> <laughs> so these are just short. Well, I say short. I always say fucking short. No, it's never short. It seems like it's been another Take hour. as long as you want as well. There's no rush. I don't <laughs> know why we're rushing people. I know. There's no rush. <laughs> but the idea just a bit of it was there were like quick fire questions when we came up with this idea. But, you know, just answer them. You'll know the answers. What's your favourite That's quite aggressive. Just answer them. (laughs) Just answer them. That's the fucking question. You know it. (laughs) What's your favourite TV show? I don't know, man. That is a difficult question. This isn't this isn't the the moment. There's that much fucking TV. This isn't isn't the quick fire question question (laughs) round. Yeah, I should say from the nineties or the noughties, because there was nowhere near and as much telly then. From, from the ni- from, from from the nineties, definitely Fresh Prince of Bel Air. That was that was yeah. that, that was my my you know, childhood child, child, yeah, yeah. go to. Watching that religiously, that was great. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. That moment, it's just like you say, it's just too, it's just too much. It's stuff. too much, isn't it? Like the list, the save list on Amazon, my save list on Disney, the save list on all of them. It's just fucking. There's like fifty shows on yeah. each one. And as soon as you go, you click on there to, to have a look at something. There's something else. It's just like, oh, yeah, what's the yeah, trailer yeah. for that? Well, the amount of like <laughs> I didn't know it was a thing. I thought it was just me, but just watching all the adverts on Netflix. Just yeah. flicking through, watching the ten, like the thirty-second clips of the shows. I didn't realise that's a real thing that people do now. They yeah. just sit there and, and before flick through. Before I you know like, it, your, your evening's gone. Well, I sit, I've sat down. <laughs> and got like, time to watch oh, I've got an hour. What can I watch? Half an hour late. You're still <laughs> flicking through. You're like, oh, I can't watch anything now. Uh, what's your favourite movie? Uh, I would say uh, it's probably Million Dollar Baby. You know, good show. Um, I don't tend to watch films. Like, 
twice. I don't tend to watch them more than once. No. So I kind of feel like I, I know the ending and, and that's that's kind of it. Yeah, you're done with a it. A bit of a simple character like that. You know, but that's, that's the only one I've watched more than once, really. What's <laughs> your favourite band or artist? I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm quite into sort of like old old school soul music. Yeah. Um, so I'd say probably Sam Cooke is my is my uh, yeah it's probably my, probably my go to. That's my, no. my my desert island. Uh, what's your favourite spirit? I mean specifically to the bottle. Uh, what was it? I had a bottle of rum the other day, which was gorgeous. I can't remember the name of it for the life of me. I'm not doing very well at your questions, am I? Mate, you had some quicker <laughs> than most people do. <laughs> Uh, Appleton Estate Appleton Estate yeah, rums. Yeah, Appleton Estate rums. Not a huge rum drinker normally or spirit drinker in general but yeah. oh, I was just like this is. What's your favourite beer that's not brewed in Birmingham? It's Pilsner Raquel definitely It's Pils- nice, isn't it? Yeah So yeah, fresh definitely. And that's kind of that was, I mean, it was kind of the inspiration for us doing our Pilsner the Birmingham Pilsner and um, that was uh, yeah I mean it's just it's, it's, it's such a it's such a good beer I mean, I think maybe we've done it. We've done a better job of it ourselves, you know. Right? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> have you been to Albert Schloss? Yeah, I have yeah. been. Had it for the. Uh, is it much better? Because they make a big thing about how fresh it is. It comes three yeah. times a week, from, yeah, straight a, from the brewery. To be fair, it was it was it was a really good pint. Um, I've got to say, and they've got actually for for such a big sort of like a, a big place. Mm. Um, and I know that people who own it. Is, uh, they've, they've got a lot of different places, but they've done such a good job of getting the beer right. So I can't knock on for that at all because the beer, the, like the like we were saying about different types of lager, like they've got oh, 10, 15 lagers, different yeah, lagers yeah, on, yeah. and and you know like it's 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 great because people can try them and go like, do you know what? It's not just Carling, it's not just Fosters or whatever, but there's all these different <laughs> lagers. And they all taste great and they're all different. That's because yeah. the gaffer so, loves it. That's like yeah. the fellow at the Mubbi Club because he absolutely loves it. Just what he wants. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favourite big fast food chain? It's probably got to be Mackey's, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a common know. answer, Mackie. What do you order from Mackie's? Well, I had them plant burger the other day. Is it, is it any uh, good? It was it's all beyond, right. Be beyond fair. meat, isn't it? Beyond I think meat. So yeah, it was yeah. all. It was all right. Cause I'm, a, I'm, I'm a veggie. I'm not vegan, but I'm a veggie. Mm. And so, like, since I've done that, I've not really been able to eat much fast food. And like all of the, all of those sort of like veggie patties out there, are absolutely rank. Because it's just like you bite into the bread and then you sort of like continue buying it. It all just just feels like bread. It's horrible. Um, so that was quite a nice. That was quite a nice change to have. To be fair. So yeah, I mean, I could kind of go and eat some fast food again. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. nice. Oh, fair play. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favourite type of takeaway? Uh, it's got to be Indian. Yeah, like, we're yeah. in Birmingham. Of course it is. Is, course there, an, is there another answer? Is there anybody? Is there anybody who gives you another answer? You no, know, people do. Loads of people say Chinese. And yeah, Chinese. Chinese but I, I don't know one. if I said Chinese. I do like Chinese. Yeah, and I wrote it down. Yeah, you've got Chinese right there. Yeah, I like a Chinese. <laughs> oh, I Indian's do, yeah, good. Yeah. Do you know if I was vegetarian, I could definitely... Indian... Indian's the easiest vegetarian food, yeah. By a mile, the easiest. It's great. What's your favourite food destination in the world or beer destination? What, is it outside of the country? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to Chicago couple of years back and for beer is is it was um, like absolutely ridiculous it was great absolutely loved it because the americans uh, have got some big craft revolution as well haven't they yeah, yeah. they they sort of they sort of really kicked it off i suppose i think so yeah. um but yeah there was, there was like loads going on there was like some of the early ones were there but then there was also some like really small scale beer production going on that was just producing some amazing stuff yeah i'd probably give it i'd probably give it to chicago there Mostly yeah, for the beer, down. to be fair. Well, I've, I must have wrote this. I think I've wrote a question down when I'm pissed because I often add to this list and I definitely don't remember. Right? It's like, <laughs> I've just read this and gone, I don't know the answer to this. But 
I'm going to go with it. What, you can be the guinea pig for this question. I think I know the answer from one of your other answers. Uh, what's your favourite TV show theme tune? Well, Fresh Prince is difficult to say no to me. Yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't fucking think why I've wrote that down. You've got to at least do it on for like a, like a follow-on. It's so specific, that question. I'd definitely stick it by the TV question. <laughs> know, yeah. That's such a... What, what, what would yours be? Uh, Minder. I could be so good for you. <laughs> you know, we nearly played that as our wedding for our first dance. <sighs> Genuinely. What would yours be? I don't know. It's like... Sopranos is pretty fucking good, like. Yeah. I like the Father Ted theme tune as well. Oh, yeah, Father Ted. Well, that's a classic one, that is. And it's by a great band as well. Mm. So you can't go wrong there. No, I'll stick with Sopranos. I can't get a wire out of my head because I'm watching The Wire. So. Wire's so good. Yeah. It's, it's got, it's got like nine different, nine different theme tunes, though, so you've got to yeah, choose which, which version you want. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Nah, I'll stick with Sopranos. That was cool. Oh, and yeah. the, I, you kind of got me with The Wire there. Zoe got me into The Wire because I'd never watched it and then I know he ignores me like, telling me it's the best TV show in the world as soon as Zoe says it's the best TV show <laughs> I can't wait to watch it I might have to change my, my answer I'm from uh, Fresh Prince I know we haven't answered this because that was an extra question I wrote down but mine's probably The Wire it's so good it's fucking it's painfully good isn't it well, now I'm going to have to go and start watching that game. <laughs> thanks guys <laughs> you've ruined the next like, three months of my life yeah. <laughs> well, I've watched a season in less than a week so oh mate it's, it's one of them shows that just gets better and better yeah until the last series anyway I didn't really like the last series but series three and four it's just like that's where it really kicks mm, on yeah mouth open wide every episode type thing it's crazy awesome you know that's all my questions including my <laughs> made up ones that I've probably wrote down really pissed <laughs> <laughs> Some people come back drunk and write novels. Carl just writes questions. What's your favourite TV? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so fucking specific. No idea where that's come from. <laughs> awesome. Ali, massive thank you for yeah, inviting us down here great. and doing the yeah, podcast. Great. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, thanks very much for, for coming down. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's, it's been awesome. fun, man. Thanks for having me on. Cheers.